Amen. How many got freaked out by the amen I just said? It's like, oh! It wasn't the Lord, it was Pastor Greg, but uh, thank you for thinking of me that way. <laughs> You're thinking of yourself that way, brother. Uh, we're going to talk about learning to live without judging people. Woo! Yes! Best sermon ever! No, it's not fun. We love to judge. Oh, we love to judge in our hearts. We love to judge on social media. We love to judge in our private conversations, quote unquote, Jesus hears. Um, we love to judge. And it's just something that pastors just don't like to preach on. I'm kidding. We love to preach on it because we love guilt as a beautiful motivator. No, it, it's not. Love is the best motivator. But I, I have to preach on this. And so I, believe me, I was praying about how to preach on judging. I'm not going to kid you. Um, I have been waiting to do this sermon for multiple years. That's all I'm going to say. It'll make sense in a minute. So judging is making a negative evaluation of others without standing in solidarity with them. So that just means this. The people you're judging, you're just like them. And so just understand that when you live in judgment, that really uh, you got to be careful because the reality is you are just like that person. It's why our second value as a church is accepting ourselves and others while we pursue maturity together. In other words, we're all in this together. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all moving in the same direction. And trust me when I say this, we all need each other's encouragement and support and lifting up because the whole world is judging. The body of Christ needs to learn how to encourage and to build. And you think, well, Pastor Greg, is there no way to judge properly? We'll get there in a minute because you might be saying, Pastor, you don't understand. They've really ticked me off. They're not behaving the way I want them to. They need to change. If you're tempted to think that way, think of my wife who's had to live with me for almost 30 years. And the best parts of our marriage are when we have those conversations where she's like, you never, you always, right? And I, I'm just not mature, and so I say things like, well, if I never, well, then why are you bothering to tell me? If I always, then what's the point of bringing it up again? That is not the answer. We're going to, okay, anyway, we're not going to do the marriage thing today. We'll, we'll get there some other time. Okay, so judgments, 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 we love it. They're delicious. They're tasty. We love to judge things in our world. Man, do we love to judge on social media. Holy moly. And uh, it's incredible. You know, in our own hearts, we, we, it's okay. Maybe you think it's okay if it stays there. But I'm going to tell you the worst form of judgment that happens in the world and in the church is a thing called gossip. And gossip means speaking negatively about someone who is not present, even if it is the truth. If you're not willing to talk to them, then you probably shouldn't be talking about them. Just saying, amen. Now we're all getting convicted because all of us do it. Yum, yum, yum. I love gossip, Pastor Greg. So how do I preach about this? I thought about just going with the Word of God, which has a lot to say about gossip. And I'm going to just start with one scripture. Do not leave yet, because you're really, this is a, one of those scriptures that nobody has on their fridge magnet. It's just not, 
a kind scripture. Here we go. This is the word of God and gossip. This is what God thinks of gossip. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 19, 16 to 19. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Dang. Pay attention. Haughty eyes, that's proud eyes, proud eyes. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in a community. Now, why did I bring that scripture up? It should terrify you, by the way. It should be a scripture that's like, oh, that's not good. Do you know that a gossip can be characterized by all seven of these? I didn't shed any innocent blood. Oh, Jesus had different words. If you speak words that are killing people. Okay, okay, okay. I, no, don't go anywhere. It's like this is, I know it's heavy duty, three people laughing, not the rest of the year. Like, oh my gosh, where is he going with this sermon? You think to yourself, yeah, pastor, I'm just telling the truth. But are they there to defend themselves? I'll tell them the truth to their face, pastor. Mm, but are you speaking the truth in love? Are you helping them to grow and mature? You see, gossip tastes so good. Yum, yum, yum. Roast pastor after the service. He said something I didn't like. I was convicted. I've watched people fold their arms while I'm preaching. I'm like, oh yeah, Holy Ghost going to work right now. Bam. Pastor's going to get roasted after the service. Yummy. I don't agree with the way he brought that up. I know. I understand. You know, maybe it's a sautéing a co-worker because you don't feel they're pulling their load. I remember in those workplace situations, you know, like, sorry, this coat's really starting to hang up here. It'll be okay. We'll get through it. You ever been in the workplace situation, like in the lunchroom, when it's like whoever's not present in the lunchroom is who everybody else is talking about? That is kind of what you don't want to be. And by the way, you don't want to be the one not in the lunchroom. Because guess what? And by the way, if you have friends that are talking about you all, you know, everybody else all the time, guess who they're talking about when you're not there? Just saying, that's how it works. The juiciness of gossip is so good. I thought of a scripture, and this is what I've been waiting to do for so long. Listen to what the scripture says, Proverbs 18 and 8, and it's also the exact scripture in Proverbs 26, 22. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the innermost parts of a man or a woman. Yum, yum, yum. How can I describe choice morsels except to barbecue something on stage right now? So I'm going to have some helpers come. We are setting up a barbecue. Yes, I know. We've turned the alarm off. The fire department has been called. Actually, we did it. We said, if the alarms go off, don't worry about it between uh, this time and this time. We set the alarm off in the first service, so praise the Lord, they didn't show up. Um, yeah, you're like, this is crazy. And, okay, hang on there. Just for all you vegetarians, I'm going to barbecue veggies as well. So there's no discrimination here. There, we had somebody donate... 20 steaks for this service. You're going to get a piece of choice morsel when you leave the service. Or a vegetable. 
I'm not judging. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> just saying. You're probably going to live longer than the rest of us Mediterraneans, so just love us anyway. And uh, they're getting the grill going here. And I'm, I need some help, Mitch, because I don't know if you can handle the grill because you're just like a junior. And uh, I'm going to throw on my grilling top as well because I might have to take over any time in this message. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. That's yours. That's, okay, hang on. Here we go. Okay, so i got to show you this. I, I hope you can see it. I hope you can see it. But uh, when my son and I, who's 12 years old, we went fishing in Newfoundland. And I caught two 20-pound cod. Can you see it, the picture? But do you want to come tie this so I can, because my wife said it was very distracting. Here we go. <laughs> Better pull my pants up so I'm not, <laughs> no, not inappropriate times in the service. <laughs> Pastor turned his back on us. So I'm holding up, I'm holding up two 20-pound cod and I'm holding him like this, and I'm like, yes. My son, who's 12, was fishing with me, and I mocked him to no end, like a good father would do at a fishing trip. I caught these two 20-pounders. Two days later, he caught a 35-pound. It is the sickest-looking fish. He's 12 years old. He can barely hold it up, but he's got this look on his face like, in your face, pop. The look is actually, I can barely hold this fish. Please take the picture. Yeah, it's true. It was, it was a massive fish. <laughs> anyway, so apparently mocking the Lord has an answer for that. It's not good. So we, we thought we would cook up some beautiful steaks and, uh, and some vegetables. Amen? You got everything you need. Don't wreck it. You know, I'm just a little concerned that you can't handle the cue. So that's why, you know, I'm make sure you're okay. If you need me to step in, you let me know. Okay, okay good. Okay, 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 everybody try to pay attention. How many smelt something when they came into the service today? I don't know if you did. But we had, we set off the alarms because of the smoke in the kitchen. But we're doing better. We got, you got 20 steaks waiting to be cut up or 15 now or 10 left. I don't know what's left. But, man, it's good. Okay, here we go. Gossip tastes so good, the juicy morsels. Let's pray, and we're going to ask God to help us to get through this sermon. Amen. Father, you're good, you're good, you're good. I pray you give us eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts to receive and respond. Lord, every one of us struggles with gossip at times. So Holy Spirit, help us to learn how to properly judge situations, how to encounter our brothers and our sisters, Lord, to accept them where they're at and yet to help them pursue maturity together with us, Lord. We bless this time together. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen, amen and amen. Okay, Jesus' words on judgment and uh, Mitchell's using the secret spice that he, I haven't given him the recipe for yet on those steaks right now. Hallelujah. It's in the will, son. You'll find out what it is when I go, okay? It's the only thing I'm leaving you. Your sister gets all the rest, but you get... <laughs> Just kidding. You like your steak really well done, right? No, no, it's no, not well done. Like, but you can do it well. You know how I like my steak. Anyway, just kidding. You're, you're fine. Your mother will take care of you. Okay. Okay, Matthew 7. Here's Jesus' words on judgment. There's a whole section. 
Be patient. I'm going to read a section here. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye or pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite? First take the plank out of your own eye and you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give to dogs what is sacred and do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Wow. There's a little bit more, but I'm not going to read that part. It talks about asking, seeking, and knocking, which you, you'll have to read the book. If you're not following along in our series, The Good and Beautiful Life, this is the, the chapter on judging. He just does a great job. Oh my gosh. Can you please put a microphone next to that? Just right now, go ahead. I know you got, you got to wash your hands after this, so it's good. Okay, that's it. Moving right along. Thank you, brother. He's going to leave stage now and go wash his hands so he can prepare the rest of the meal. Because all the vegetarians are like, if he touches that veggie with that hand, I'm not eating him. He's okay. He's gone. Okay, so Jesus says about judging, he starts with a measuring cup. With the measure you use, it's going to be measured back to you. Have you ever experienced that? Uh, you know, somebody who's just gossipy and judgmental, and then when somebody gossips about them or is judgmental toward them, they're like indignant and hurt. <gasps> How can they? I don't understand. It's like you, you, you reap what you sow. This is what Jesus is warning about. He's not saying, you're, you know, you're going to be damned or you're going to be, just if you start sowing judgment, you're going to reap judgment back. It's going to come back on you. It's one of the reasons why we have to be careful about this issue of judging others and gossiping. And then he goes into this thing about the log and the speck. And you got to understand, Jesus is the best preacher of all, ever. And so he does this, this thing where he's like, okay, you know, why are you trying to take a speck out of your brother's eye when you have a log in your own? And I, I totally believe he grabbed a piece of firewood. Right? And he's walking around, Jesus is walking around like, hey... Hey, you got a speck in your eye. Hey, you. Like, what's wrong? Come here. I got to take that speck. This is what, he's, it's ridiculous. But this is the illustration. He's, Betty, you got a speck in your eye. Come here. I want to take this up. Try not to fall off the stage. Come here, honey bear. Oh, this is, I can't have no depth perception. This might hurt. You understand? You understand? It's so crazy. This is what God is saying. He's saying, you guys, you have a log in your eye. And you're trying to take a speck out of somebody else's eye. And so he warns us about this, and he, and he basically says, be careful before you do that. So keep that log in the, in the middle, think that out. Okay, here we go. And he says, he goes on to the next thing. He says, the log and the speck. So why is judging wrong? Judging is wrong, number one, guys, because of the lack of self-awareness. <laughs> wow, a lack of self-awareness? Yeah, like, oh my you got, got olive oil on there? Yeah, I got olive oil on there. I've also got the noisiest salt and pepper shakers in the world. You got to stir it up a bit, eh? Oh. Yeah, don't, don't just sit there. Like, do something. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, we got, veg, we got veg getting ready. Sorry, buddy. I'll try not to judge you. Uh, we were going to have my wife do this, but we realized it wasn't good for our marriage. <laughs> like, there's, see, guys, you got to understand something. Why, guys don't barbecue 
they don't barbecue, uh, or they barbecue, but they th you think they're serving you women. No. They, are, they have an intentionality behind barbecuing. There's a thing called choice morsels. And choice morsels are the pieces of steak that fall off while they're cooking them. Usually they don't fall off. They are cut off. You give them a steak this size. When they come back, it's this size. They say, well, the barbecue shrunk it. Like, I don't know what's going on. No, no. Men are eating the meat on the, on the thing. Or vegetables for you vegetarians. You're eating them while you're out there. God bless you. I understand. And so here we are. The lack of self-awareness and judgment is our first thing. Jesus is saying, you guys just, you, you're so unaware. You're so unaware of the stuff that is already in your life that you need to be forgiven for and be careful when you're judging. This is what he's trying to warn us on. Like, when we judge, we're not self-aware. And that's one of the things you have to be careful of. Number two, it often flows from a heart of, uh, doesn't flow from a heart of love or care for the other person. You know, if the Bible says that love is willing the good of another, then if you're going to judge somebody, boy, you have to work hard at how to do that, which we're going to talk about at the end of the service. Listen to what Ephesians 4 says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Amen. Guys, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, but guess what? The person sitting next to you, if they're a believer, if they're a fellow believer, they are also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So when you judge them, you are actually judging a member of the body of Christ. Wow. So you better be careful. Does that make sense? And so this is what Jesus is telling us. You know, it doesn't come from a heart of love. We have to turn it to love. Here's the third thought about judging is wrong. Shows a complete misunderstanding of how people change. In our book, we've discovered that really we change by four things. Adopting new narratives, number one. Entering into spiritual disciplines like coming to church, praying, reading your Bible, whatever those things are. Loving community of fellow believers who are with you and for you and not against you. And lastly, the power of the Holy Spirit. Those four things are necessary for change. So this is good news. There's a way to change. You don't have to keep being the way you are. Trust me when I say this. I am not the same person I was 30 years ago when I made a commitment to Christ. I'm not. My wife <laughs> would tell you there's still things that are being worked on, though. Amen? There's still stuff that God is working on. So how many know that's good news? Is that good news? Uh, hallelujah. Honey, be patient with me. Don't give up on me. God's not done. Amen? Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord, have mercy. That's not the time to bring up her faults, by the way. Mitch. My, wife, my son says he learns lots from me, watching me with how I treat my wife. I do. I take lots of notes. He takes lots of notes. Usually they're not positive notes. They're... Things not to do is what I call Things not them. to do. He's a list of those things that he works on. It's going well, eh? Amen. Thanks, brother. I'm happy to help. You know, it's good. Okay, so we change through the power of the Spirit, through living in positive community, life-giving community, these new narratives, spiritual disciplines. Lastly, are often our judgments are wrong, are based on incomplete knowledge. Do you know, the Bible says that a, a, a rainbow encircles the throne of God, but at best you have half a rainbow. You know, God has complete knowledge. You only have partial 
You know, you have not walked a mile in other people's shoes. You don't know what they're like, it's like for them. Okay? And so God is warning us in this issue of judgment. And you're like, Pastor Greg, what if I need to judge them? What if there's something I understand we're going to get there? It's okay. But here's the last one, and this is the hardest one to understand, why Jesus would include this in the text. You see, there's indigestible words of judgment. This is what he's talking about with pigs and pearls. He says, don't cast your pearl before swine. And, and you're like, well, you know, most people interpret that as meaning, don't bother to tell a pig what they're doing wrong because they're never going to change anyway. Do you think Jesus would say that? Yet that is the vast majority of interpretation of that scripture is that. People say, oh, that's what it means. Just don't bother with people who can never change anyway. That's not God's heart or intention. He died for us. He would never call us pigs. What he's saying is you don't give pearls to a pig because they cannot digest them. There's no value in it. You ever, you ever come to, you ever been, you set an alarm off? You okay? Somebody texting you while you're at sermon time? Okay, anyway, he's, he's okay. <laughs> he's playing a game on stage while he's cooking. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's, it's okay. I'm sorry. I'm just having fun with you. Okay, are you following me? Have you ever gone to somebody with a pearl of wisdom? I have a pearl. You need to change. Here's the pearl of my love for you. And they're like, that is not digestible. And Jesus, again, humorously says, by the way, pigs can't eat pearls, but they can eat humans. They'll turn on you and tear you to pieces. So we got to get, at the end of the sermon, we're going to talk about a digestible meal of, of how we judge. We're going to get there. By the way, this is my wife's famous barbecue sauce. 79 99 <laughs> <laughs> That's very <too> cheap. <laughs> uh, she, oh, look at that. I got some barbecue sauce on my hand. Oh. Choice morsel right there. Oh, right there. Okay, we're going to get to the choice morsels in a minute. So, guys, we got to be careful. Our, our indigestible words, like, you know, it doesn't do any good to sometimes call somebody out or, or to condemn them or to, you know, put them on a condemnation journey. You know, pack your bags. We're going on a guilt trip. Like, that's not what God wants for people. Amen? Okay, so let's move on. The end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uses these words to end the whole section on judgment. In everything you do to others, as they would have them to do to you, for this is the law and the prophets. How would you want to be treated if somebody had to come to you and make a judgment? You ever had somebody judge you and it wasn't helpful? Anybody ever had that before? Where it just wasn't a helpful thing? I remember I went, I was very depressed one time when I was a new Christian. I made some big mistakes and uh, I was depressed and I was gaining weight. And so I went to see my pastor to get some words of advice, and, and he really didn't mean to do this. He was a great guy, but man, I walked in the room, and he says to me, man, I've been meaning to talk to you. He says, I've noticed that you've gained some weight lately, and no one's going to respect you in ministry if you're overweight. Then his cell phone goes off, and he's got to go to the hospital. That was the end of my meeting with him. He's like, well, reschedule this later. How many of you know I didn't reschedule that meeting? That meeting was over. 
And what he didn't know is how depressed and discouraged I was and what he said to me, how condemning and brutal it was for me to hear. Do you understand that you don't know people's history? He didn't know what I was going through. And so that was not a helpful thing that he shared with me. He said, no wonder you're overweight. You're cooking on stage steaks and vegetables. <laughs> Your pastor was trying to help you. I get it. I understand. Okay, let's move on. How do we prepare a proper, digestible meal of judgment? Sounds terrible, doesn't it? But sometimes you have to confront people. Sometimes you're going to have to talk to people in your life. Is there a proper way to do this? Mitchell, great job covering the steaks, by the way, buddy. You're resting those, but get those veggies on now. Look at this. Oh, baby. Oh, come on. Clean the grill and everything. Asparagus, onions, peppers. Good job, buddy. So Thank proud you. of you. Thank Way you. to go. You can handle the grill. Makes me happy. Okay, so here's the word. I'm going to give you the scripture, a digestible meal of judgment. How many know God would give you what you need? God will give you the tools you need. Because sometimes we have to confront. So here it is, Galatians 6, 1 to 5. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin... You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourself, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. And each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. The Bible says in another version, each one of us is an original. Amen? Amen. So let me give you the, here's how you do it. I'm going to put up the whole thing and then we're going to talk about each one. Here's proper judgment as I see it. Number one is prayer. Number two is respond in love. Three, open up your life. Four, there's a pride patrol. Five, ends with you. And lastly, restore in love. You're like, oh my gosh, how long is this guy going to preach? The steak's done. Don't worry, we'll get there. It's not going to be long. <laughs> Here we go. Number one is pray. You who are spiritual should restore someone gently. How many of you, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you one of the great secrets about ministry for me is when I have to confront people, and I have to do it quite a bit in my job at times, I start with prayer, and I don't mean while they're in the room, I start praying. I mean well before I meet with them, I start praying. Often weeks. You know what happens as I pray? I change. <laughs> I change. Suddenly I gain mercy. Suddenly I gain perspective. How many of you know you don't have the complete picture? Suddenly I gain grace. All these things start to come to me as I pray. And oftentimes, I don't even need to confront the person after all because God already fixes the problem when I pray. Amen. Isn't that a great thing? But we jump sometimes too quickly to the judgment. God wants us to learn to pray so he can impart grace to us for the person and for the situation. Prayer softens me, changes me. Reminds me that I have my own history to deal with. Here's the second thought. Respond in love. 
you know, when we respond, we are in control of our emotions. When we react, our emotions are in control of us. So as I'm praying, my, I'm not getting overly emotional about this. I'm something settling down. Every time I react in my marriage, every single time, I am wrong. There's never been a case where it was my wife's fault why I reacted. Not once. It's always me. I, have, I don't have the whole picture. I'm misinterpreting something. I'm angry about something. Do you understand? The life of Christ doesn't ever flow from me reacting. Okay. Got a one amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I just think this is what our text said. Be gentle. Carry one another's burdens. You know, we want our pound of flesh or we want to be right sometimes. And so we say things that we sh really shouldn't say. You know, that's what God wants us to know. Number, number three is this. Open up your life. Open up your life. Like, you know, my wife and I, when we're counseling with couples, sometimes we'll share a story of where we had to overcome something, where we had to learn how to fight properly. You can fight, but you have, there's a proper way to fight. You know, this is what we had to do. This is what I had to do. We never let the sun go down on our anger. You know, there's something to teach there. What does that mean? You know, having that conversation with one another, face-to-face, -face, talking things through. This is all hard work, guys, by the way. Open up your own life is one of the things in way, the ways you do it. And I'm not talking about some condescending thing. Like, oh, I struggle too, brother. Oh, that's not what I'm talking about. I, I had a pastor. I mean, I love him to bits. He was a godly, incredible man. Honestly, he was an incredible pastor and a godly man. He grew up like he was just holy. You ever meet people that are like, they didn't grow up like me. You know, they didn't, they weren't into the things I was into when I got saved. I got saved at 20 years old. I had a whole life of sin before that. They're like, grew up in the church, you know, chewing on the pews, things like that. You know, you're like, <laughs> so he thought he'd be relevant one day and he's sharing with the congregation how the Lord had convicted him of no longer drinking caffeinated beverages before he preaches so that he would only be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. 700 people in this church, I'm a new Christian, and I'm looking around. I'm thinking, I am going to hell. I am going straight to hell. If, if, if this is the level of stuff that this guy is dealing with, and this is the sin he's confessing, I don't think I have a lot of hope right now. But I smiled while I was thinking that. I was like, oh, that's really convicting, Pastor John. No, it wasn't convicting. It was like, oh, my gosh, not helpful. Okay, <laughs> so, sorry, Pastor, he's in heaven now, so he's watching, he's going, I didn't mean that, I know, so you can tell me when I get up there. Pride Patrol, here's the next one, this is a tough one. Uh, watch yourself, the text said, don't think too highly of yourself, don't compare yourself to somebody else. You know, if you feel the need to go and confront somebody, to judge, to talk, you know, better go with humility, better go with brokenness, better go with an understanding of man, I have my stuff too. I'm only doing this to help. I really am committed to you and to your growth and to your life. It's not just putting it out there. Fair enough? So the text is telling us how to have a proper digestible meal of judgment. 
And, and this pride patrol is the next one. You know, pride kills. There's a story in the, in the 1980s in Russia that two shi uh, ship captains are coming toward each other. It's not a stormy night. It's totally clear. They can see each other. They're radioing ahead to each other, you need to turn. And the other one radios back, no, you need to turn. No, you need to turn. No, I am not turning. I'm staying on this course. You need to move. The two of them played chicken with these huge vessels. By the time they came to their senses, they both tried to turn and they collided. 17 of their crew members were killed. You know, you may come at somebody and you may think, I am absolutely right this time and I'm not moving. You are wrong and I have a word to say to you. And all you're doing is driving your ship into a cliff. <laughs> right? Because you remember the story of the other guy who said that to, he got response being saying, you need to turn. And he said, no, 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 you need to turn. No, I'm not turning. You need to turn. I'm a battleship. He says, you need to turn. I'm a lighthouse. Right? Okay, so you're with me. Here's the next one. Ends with you. Ends with you. Thank God that he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Jesus never brings up my sin to me again. Hallelujah. Ends with you also means this. You know when you know you've forgiven somebody? is when you don't need to talk about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's when you know you've forgiven. Okay? So that's just a testimony for us. You know, a testimony. Lord, help me to get to the point where I can actually look at that person and love them and trust them and believe good things for them. Now, I'm not saying if somebody's abused you, you have to stay in that relationship. And I'm not saying that. Use wisdom. You can still love a person and not be abused by them. Okay. Okay. Ends with you. Lastly is restore in love. Restore them in love. Just restore that person. Your goal of confrontation, your goal of judgment is to bless them, not to curse them. This is hard work, you guys. Okay? So I, I thought of something else, and we're going to try this now. It's going to be called the reverse gossip game. How's that steak doing? Oh my gosh. Can you just cut off a juicy choice morsel and we're going to talk about the reverse gossip game. And the, the band's going to come now. Okay, come on. Oh, buddy. Buddy. Keep going. Oh. Okay, come on now. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, don't cut it in half. I want a whole one. You know what I'm saying? There we go. There we go. Okay, now, if you're a meditarian, oh my gosh. Come on. Okay, nice guy to chew for a while. This is really good. Well done, buddy. Mm -mm -mm. Reverse gossip game. If you have to gossip, here's your new game. Reverse gossip. So you're going to the work. And John is talking about Mary, and John says, man, Mary is so lazy, just, I can't even handle it. And you say to John, well, I, I don't know about that. 
but isn't she amazingly creative? And John's like begrudgingly, yeah, whatever, I guess so, sure. Next day you see Mary. You say, Mary, I was just talking to John. He thinks you're amazingly creative. You think, Pastor, that's terrible. I know, but if you're going to gossip, you might as well do reverse gossip. So she says, I, I didn't know that. I thought he was like totally judgmental and snobby. Oh, man, I don't, I don't really see that. But isn't he a hard worker? He's so hard work. I, the guy just works so tirelessly, endlessly. Next day you see Mary, you say, man, I was just talking to John. He said, man, you are such a hard worker. Isn't that amazing? Or Mary, about John, she said, you're such a hard worker. You've got to really get practice because you could really mess it up. <laughs> okay, you're with me. You think, Pastor, that's so manipulative. Yeah. But... Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it change the culture? Forget about trying to turn anybody else. But if, even if you just spoke positively about Mary and positively about John in that culture, wouldn't it change the culture? If every time somebody tried to gossip, you just came up with a positive thing to say about the person. How many of you know people would not gossip around you? They just wouldn't do it. It's beautiful. So even if you just do that, don't try to manipulate anything. Just, just say something positive. And don't enter into the gossip slander game. That's the beautiful thing. So here we go. Mitch is going to set up some plates for the vegetarians as he washes his hands. Amen. Beautiful. When you're tempted to remove the speck from another's eye, remember <laughs> there's a log in your own. Amen. Aren't you glad Jesus loves you in spite of the log that is in your own eye? Amen? Pastor, you look like you're wielding a weapon. I, uh, I understand. That's exactly what people think when you come at them with a log in your eye. If you feel it necessary to love others and confront another, set a digestible meal. Don't just bring your pearls and think they're pigs that deserve, don't deserve your pearls. Do something that's digestible. <laughs> Amen? That they can take it. That it can help them to grow and mature. To live out our second value as a church. To accept people. Accept them where they're at. But help them to mature and to grow. To become. This is beautiful. Here's your homework. Here's your homework. To go a day this week without gossip. One day. You're actually going to pray and you're going to ask the Holy Spirit, help me to be aware of when I see an encountering gossip. By the way, you're not going to leave 10 minutes after this sermon where you're going to encounter gossip. At work tomorrow, guaranteed. Just say, I'm not going to enter into gossip. This, I mean, if you have to get up and walk away, you can do that too. But if, if try the reverse gossip game. Try it. Just be aware for a day. And then if you make it a day, guess what you can do? Try too. Try too. Amen? So that's your homework. That's where you get to go. Let's pray, and then we're going to sing this great song. 
we're going to dismiss you all. If you're here today, you can bow your heads. I'm going to pray. You can keep your eyes open. I don't care. It's all good. Whatever you want. But if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Greg, I want to live my life without gossip. I want to live victoriously in Christ. I want to speak blessing over people, not curses. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand with me and say, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. It's me, it's me, Lord. I'm going to try. Amen. Lots of hands going up, by the way. You can look around and see everybody who said they're not going to gossip about you. If you see them gossiping, saying, I saw you put your hand up. I saw you put your hand up. <laughs> it's like terrible, I know. Pastor's so bad. I get it. And uh, that's okay. You know what? If you're here today and you're saying, I don't know this God that you're talking about. I don't have a relationship with him. You know, I just want to encourage you. He's just there to love you to help you, to encourage you, to bless you, come into his family. Take that step. You, he's come to your heart now. He's knocking on your heart. And he's saying, will you open the door and let me in? Amen? Amen. If that's you here today, give me a wave and say, Pastor Greg, pray with me. Be bold. He died for you. You can raise your hand in the church service and say, I want to find Jesus in my life and heart right now. I want to give my heart to him right now. Give me a wave. Yes. There are others right here. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Amen. Good for you. I was your age. Listen to me, young man. I was your age when I gave my heart to the Lord. Let's give these people a hand today. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Beautiful. We're going to pray a prayer with you out loud. Everybody who's ever asked Jesus to come into their heart, this is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Let's pray together with these two that raised their hands. If there's others that want to raise their hand right now and say, yeah, pastor, I was scared to do it, but I'm raising mine now. I'm going to be bold like these guys. One last chance I'm going to give you right now. Give me a wave if that's you. Hallelujah. You know what? Most important decision you're going to make. I made it on my 21st birthday, eight days before, in a service like this. Changed my life. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me. I give you my heart. Help me live with you and for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give him a hand one more time. Hallelujah. If you're watching online and you've made that decision, there's a button for you to press and say, I've made a decision to follow Christ. We bless you and we love you. Church family, go and make sure you invite people to Easter. We are going to rock this place. It's going to be awesome, awesome, awesome. Welcome home to the Father's house. Amen. Let's have